Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Foxtails podcast. My name is Ivo, and I'm very happy to be with you today. For those of you who are listening to us for the first time, the Foxtails is a podcast uh, created by us, the team at Stereofox, and it's a documentation of our journey in the music industry world. We are talking both about industry topics and also showcasing great music. And as of today, we have a new segment called Label Stories, where we're going to share with you some of our favorite labels, their stories and the insights behind all the years they've been running the label. I'm very happy to be kicking this segment with Corey from InnoOcean Records, which has been one of my favorite labels since 2014 or 15. They are a do-it-yourself label from um, Canada. And uh, besides streaming and amazing visuals, they do a lot of physical products, which is why I'm also very happy to be talking to him. I hope you're enjoying conversations. Um, but before we begin, I'm here to remind you that you can, if you like our podcast, you can share it with friends. You can give us a thumbs up or rate us. And uh, you can also follow us on Instagram or join our Discord server. We're always happy to talk to you. And now I'll leave you with my conversation with Corey from InnerOcean. Hi, Corey, for the second time. Hi, <laughs> uh, Ivo, thanks. Uh, happy to talk to you, man, again. again uh, so what I said, when I meant the second time, is Corey's laptop just crashed. So just before we start recording the, the podcast episode. But actually, this is our second time we are video or audio calling. We spoke last year when we actually met. Um, so I'm very, very happy to, to have you now on the podcast. Maybe you can introduce yourself. <laughs> Maybe you can introduce yourself for everybody who, who is listening. Yeah, I'm uh, Corey. I'm I'm the uh, founder of Inner Ocean Records, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, I'm glad my my stuff is working now. <laughs> uh, pleasure, man. I I have been following you for for a long time. I I cannot recall the year I discovered Inner Ocean. I know you. You turn ten years. You're turning ten years this year, right? Yeah, this is our tenth year. Yeah. Do you have a, like exact birthday of the label or? Um, I I kind of started it uh, in January 2012. Um, well, I I was like planning it out, and I didn't actually put out any music until um, uh, September. So. Technically, September is our, our 10 years. How did you spend the first, like, because obviously f for me, the label journey is different. So how did you, what did you do from January to September to prepare for launching a label? Um, do you remember? Yeah, I mean, back then, um, it was really, uh, you know, I, I was so new to everything. And I... Um, I was really just doing a bunch of research and trying to, you know, what are all the things that go into this? You know, I entered into it very um, naively, as I think probably most of us do. <laughs> For sure, like, yeah. I and, did as well. Uh, yeah, so it was, um, yeah, you know, like I had um, done some stuff with other indie labels, um, you know, as an artist and it was always kind of like, oh, you know, this is okay. But I, I just kept having this thought to myself, like how much better could I do it where, you know, the, the artist could walk away and, and feel like, oh, wow, like I really got something good out of this. So I, I don't know. I was just really trying to figure out like, okay, what, what could I do that at the time was, I wasn't really getting myself. And, uh, you know, it was originally intended really just kind of for like me and my friends as mm -hmm. like a little project, just like, hey, look, we're all putting out music under this one little umbrella. Um, but it kind of quickly became not that. And it ended up just being me releasing other people's music. And um, yeah, I, I still think back to that time. And I'm just like, man, like, why did anybody release music with me back then? Like, I didn't really have very much, you know, I had like, you know, when you're just a starting out, you have no followers, you have no uh, real fans yet. And uh, so anyways, um, 
it's a, a thanks to those original people who I guess took a took a chance and and helped me build the thing. Do Do you remember, like I I assume you do, but like some of the people who you released with you like in the early days of Inner Ocean and, and what was it instrumental hip hop or because I know you, uh, like no. you play guitar obviously because <laughs> and you play in some bands when you were younger, but was it like rock yeah. music or indie or? Um, yeah, I mean, cause I, I grew up in Calgary and so here was a big like rock music scene. And so that's kind of my early days. Um, but I kind of discovered ambient music in the early two thousands. And once I came across that, I was just like hooked for life. And so the original, uh, days of the label, the first two years really um was like kind of ambient and experimental music we did have one girl's release which was like totally different from anything else we've done which was like um her genre was like new weird america and it was kind of like i'll call it like laptop folk um experimental it had vocals she sang on it it was really like super different but really really cool um, Heidi Harris was her name. And, um, so yeah, we were just really like doing all different kinds of things in the early days and, um, the lo-fi beats, um, that kind of just like happened upon us, uh, in around 2014. And then it kind of just stuck. Okay. What was, I guess then relatively quick if you started towards the end of 2012 2014 you started with the lo-fi so it was was still in the early days i guess of inertion and back then i think 2014 i don't know if i was if, if i was actually listening to instrumental music yet i think that was around the time i got hooked and i, I don't think there were that many labels in the field so to say obviously two hop music i think they were around and then I don't know who else was around that time because most people and labels in the scene are very recent. You know, back then was really the uh, kind of the pinnacle of like the SoundCloud era. Mm -hmm. And there was quite a few labels um, on SoundCloud that, you know, I was following and they were doing really cool um, lo-fi music you know, and, and, you know, I say label and really, I think most of them were just sort of these like collectives yeah. that, um, you know, there back then wasn't really like to any focus on streaming. It was all just dropping projects on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Um, you know, we, we've always been pushing the physical stuff since day mm -hmm. one, like doing tapes and records. And we did actually do some CDs in the early days, but <laughs> um yeah those are those are hard to hard to sell although i do like cds i i do have a bunch of cds as well besides the vinyls, yeah. of course i don't have i think i have only one tape but i don't have a i don't know where to listen to it nowadays yeah so you know there there's always been lots of uh people doing all these different things and i don't know i'm, I'm always so like fascinated and drawn to um I don't know, these little like pockets of the internet where people are collected to do something different. And, you know, this, uh, the complete antithesis of like mainstream music. It's really just like, you know, I mean, now the, the whole bedroom producer, people making music at home is like the big thing now. Yeah. Now. Yes. But, um, which is great because there's just so many, um, tools and options available to people that uh didn't exist back then but i'm happy that they do now <laughs> you you said you you've been pushing physical from day one w was there a reason for it like was it because you're like obviously around that time as you said and i remember we all we already had soundcloud streaming numbers were not i don't like i don't think most people are making money out of streaming numbers so was that the reason why you're pushing physical or you were just like a fan of having that thing in your hand? I think I was really pushing 
physical because that's just like what I knew, you know, like I'm a music collector myself. Um, and so for me, it was just about like, oh, like you want to be a music label, then you got to put out music on some kind of format that it didn't even like cross my mind to like not do that. So I, um, yeah, it, it wasn't, I mean, the tape cassettes mm -hmm. was a, uh, financial choice mm -hmm. initially. Um, I mean, I do like tapes, but, um, it, they were just so much cheaper to produce obviously than printing like records or something mm -hmm. and, and records still are way more money to, to make. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just love them. I, I think that there's just something really fun and special about like having like the physical thing in your hands to collect. And, um, you know, even we've, we've been printing small numbers of stuff forever, you know, but I, I still think that there's a lot of value, even if you're only printing like a hundred copies of like one tape mm -hmm. that, you know, you've got a hundred like kind of super fans who are willing to like throw down their money on your music. Um, and to be honest, like do, I don't even know if most people listen to the tapes they buy from us. Maybe I, I'm sure some do, but I'm, I would place a wager that most of them don't and they're really just a collectible. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's great. Um, and so that's why I, I still put energy into, um, into putting those out. That's, I think that's what separates them. I don't want to say old school labels per se, but like people like you who were in the game before streaming, because as you said, it, this physical thing is comes naturally. And then I know a lot of more digital oriented labels initially started with the streaming and are now actually looking into physical and like not not even always successfully we start doing physical about a year ago and it's like knock on wood it's been a great journey in terms of like we we hit the goals we managed to the prints we I think keep like a hundred fans happy. Definitely not a financial, like we're not making money out of it, but it's so cool to have this, this physical product for, for, for the albums. But for a lot of new labels that comes second, third, or even fourth in the li in the list of things you're there thinking about. Uh, but, but it's good to know that people are still thinking about it even from the, the young labels. Yeah. I mean, Again, it's, it's not, um, uh, you know, we're not doing it because we're making like major bank on it. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I'm always reading like music blogs and listening to podcasts and stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, conversations these days about like the value of like fanship and like building those super fans and that kind of thing. And you know, the more I listen to those conversations, the more I'm, I'm happy that, you know, we did put that effort into the physical stuff because I do think that that's been a really great, um, promotional mm -hmm. tool that, that the artists, um, can have because you, you can, you know, like again, too, there, in, in those conversations, it's like, you don't need this, like necessarily this mega army of, these super fans, yeah. you can just have like a hundred dedicated that, ones, yeah. yeah, like, and I think it's just, um, I don't know, again, you know, you, you referenced old school lab labels and I, I think as time goes on, cause I, you know, I'm in my 10th year, I've been <laughs> reflecting on a lot of things. So I'm like, man, I am an old school head, you know, like I'm, uh, I, I would have a really hard time like giving up the physical mm -hmm. piece of it. And, uh, you know, even though like 
I also too think about the like, you know, a, as we go forward, like the environmental impact of things. Yeah, like, that's. Uh, I'm like, should we be pumping out all this plastic? Um, so I don't know if there's an alternative one day. <laughs> Let me think. Which label was it? Damn it, was it Anjuna Deep or I think it was Anjuna Deep who actually had a workshop with the artists and had like a public forum on offsetting the environmental impact from shipping. Oh, like they are, I don't know if you know, if you know them, they are, I would say, progressive house kind of labels of like, I would say, dance oriented. So they ship a lot of, of vinyls from what I know, mm -hmm. but they had this proactive campaign of educating the artists and the fans of, of the impact of breaking down the costs of the whole process. And, and I even yeah. like, I think they, similar to airlines offset, part of the the carbon yeah the carbon footprint yeah um so they had this campaign of that's how much our vinyl costs that's how much we're donating that's why it costs this much so i think some mm -hmm. there is definitely a uh a movement towards that as well yeah but yeah that's great yeah besides them i don't know like i we i mean we are very 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 small so there's a lot of other problems we we try to to tackle yet but they are big 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 level guys so it's super cool to know that they, they think about that do you think because obviously you do marketing and all that stuff and also you guys do quite well digitally as well do you think mm -hmm. curators care about whether or not an album is on physical product and my uh yeah my, right. my theory and i'm probably super wrong but Unfortunately, I feel lately and also with our label releases and music as a whole is very temporary, which is kind of sad to say, but it is very temporary. And um, I think making an, like a, and I'm talking mostly about instrumental music on a, on a physical record is kind of giving it this kind of like, okay, it's not that temporary because a hundred people are going to buy that vinyl and they will not forget about it because the reality mm. is that a lot of the, the albums, even even though they're good, they in two months, I just like most of us forget about them. Right. Yeah. But yeah. To my question, do you think it's important for like a digital release to be backed by a physical release? Yeah. In terms of like, do I think the editors care and the curators? I think maybe some of them do. But in the grand scheme of things, do they really? Mm, I don't know. I mean, but I, th I think it kind of goes into your second part where I think from my standpoint, I think that it shows that like, okay, well, you chose to like invest money into mm -hmm. money and time to making a physical of this music. Well, it must be potentially maybe more important than... Okay or or it has like some kind of value that you're placing so i i mean i think so and i i think that's why um you know even the fans and the people who follow i think kind of recognize maybe even in a subconscious way that like oh okay like if they printed this to a record like like some some energy like really went into this because yeah, I mean, like, we're all quite aware that there's a ton of music coming out all the time. And, uh, you know, I'm always having this this debate on, in my head on uh, our side of like, okay, like, what's our strategy going to be? Like, even for us, like, we really were putting out albums mostly. And we didn't really do singles up until like a year and a half ago. Okay. And, you know, we really started doing singles because that's what artists were asking for um you know and and it's and it's really you know if, if we look at it well why it's because people want to pitch their stuff to the curators and it, you can just pitch more and mm -hmm. tracks um if you spread them out with singles um i'm still really trying to do like albums but then we can like lead up with singles yeah we're um, doing the same yeah with pretty much everything and then and then i'm also trying out like 
Okay, but we've also got these like single series that kind of have like a theme. Inner suite. Oh my God, I spaced out. I featured so many of them. The oh, snacks. Well, we did like the lo-fi snacks. The lo-fi yeah. snacks, yeah. This, I was like inner suite. Yeah, yeah you're, you're close. They are tasty and sweet. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, stuff like that where it's like, okay, you know, we want to use the lo-fi snacks series to promote kind of like newer artists to the label um, that are maybe just sending us like one or mm -hmm. a couple tracks. It's not enough for an album. So we have this series that we can put things out and we get to also like test out a lot of different like sounds in lo-fi mm -hmm. and say, you know, it doesn't have to all be like kind of the same vibe. It can be, you know, 20 different vibes um, and all fit within a series. So yeah do you prefer more like sleepy stuff more lo-fi more boom bap um yeah what's your what's your preference um like just as like a listener yeah more like a label owner all right <laughs> um i mean i have always i just like to do things that are different Okay. And I, I like things that are different. Um, and that's not to say like, for sure, like our label puts out stuff, I think that is similar to other stuff. But what my ear is really drawn to is the stuff that like stands out um, as being like different. And uh, I mean, in, in terms of my own musical listening like i'm really diving deep into the jazz lately mm -hmm. um i have a, a whole stack of like books here on different jazz topics that i've been reading and i'm trying to like do my homework and like listen to all these different jazz albums and i just finally finished my stereo setup so now i have my turntable back in my home office here is it sony and, uh, it looks like mine this well, is uh oh, i just have a techniques 1200 oh, okay. in here okay um but uh yeah so i am really vibing on on the jazz tip and i think that a lot of the lo-fi music has been going that way mm -hmm. and i've i've seen like a pretty dramatic shift in the past you know eight years that i've been doing the lo-fi beats of you know everything was like sample based and back then oh yeah and today there's way more like instrumentation people want to play the instruments they want to collaborate with other people playing all different kind of instruments and they're like oh i know so and so they're an amazing saxophonist and i'm gonna hit them up to collab on the track mm -hmm. um and uh, i think that's really cool and i'm excited to see things going that way because i think um, we're getting really interesting things. That being said, I also did just finish reading that new Della Time book. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because I saw you posted and, it. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm yet to read it. Yeah. What's your... It's good. And, and like so it? after reading that, I was like, okay, like I have to go back through and I have to like with a magnifying glass mm -hmm. listen to all these Dilla beats and uh so i i've been really kind of getting back into that that sampled hip-hop vibe as well uh in in the last couple months uh so i don't know i i'm always just like jumping around listening to different things mm -hmm. and and i think i apply that to the label too like I, i'm definitely not afraid to like put things out that are totally different than something else that we've put out mm-hmm um yeah yeah i think i don't know like maybe because for us it's kind of the same i'm not too i'm not too fond of when sometimes like obviously there's some really good labels who put out specific music and the music tends to be quite good but unless you spice it up or change it a bit it tends to get a bit boring like with mm -hmm. the same type of beat on every single release so it's kind of like, oh, okay, after 25 or 50, it's like, mm, it's hard to get impressed. So I, I like when, like, because you and I obviously send each other music 
and it's usually different so it, you never know you're gonna get but with some people it's a bit more <laughs> predictable if yeah. i can if i can use that word yeah and i think i don't know i think it's always gonna be like that um and i think that's probably especially true nowadays you know there's lots of like so many like sample packs with like fully built out loops mm -hmm. in them and like you know you could build up whole lo-fi tracks just using these sample packs royalty free oh yeah and i think there's you know th that kind of thing has like added to a little bit more um homogeny in the music but but i think too it's kind of like a i don't know i imagine it this like push and pull sort of thing so when things start to get too like same same then then there's a bunch of people listening being like okay i'm gonna really like switch this up and do something like way out there and that's the kind of stuff that catches my ear mm -hmm. if any artists are listening now and would like to work let's say work with you guys or send music is there any guidelines you would like first what is your submission process for the label and is there any um, tip you can give someone like I'm sure somebody will be curious and uh, I think actually this is the first so we do like the generic industry topics we do some artist stories and so this is technically the first label stories episode so I think yeah, yeah. it might sense to share this um I I kind of intentionally don't have a um submission policy on the website because then we just get flooded with too many things <laughs> But I think, you know, because we're, we're so busy, like we have so much music and like I have releases basically scheduled out already till the end of the year. Oh, wow. And I don't, I really don't like to go too far ahead. Like I'm kind of like at my maximum. So it definitely, you know, we're at this stage where it's a challenge to, like I would love to say like, yes, we're like open for submissions <laughs> and just like people send through stuff. But it, at the moment, like we're just like not equipped for it. Um, but that being said, I'm always thinking of ways like, okay, how, what, what kind of project can I do that I can, I can make it more available um, to have some kind of submission policy. And, and this was kind of the reason why back with our like bless albums they were like a hundred tracks it was like okay this i can include a ton of people um but i you know th those ideas were kind of designed for like hey we're gonna put out like a physical tape um and that was like we i wasn't really thinking about the streaming world and now if you do like a hundred track compilation with a hundred different artists streaming it's like a nightmare so um I'm not really doing those. Um, but I think, you know, and I, whether it be our label or any label, like the people who contact you, um, firstly, actually props to anybody who still contacts me anyways, because I don't have anything that says that I take submissions. And I, I think it's kind of not super obvious where my email is and stuff. Um, but you know the people who really put effort into um telling us about themselves and um they have maybe kind of like an interesting story or like um you know like like there's some intention behind like okay like these people are kind of like taking it serious um uh, to some degree and you know there's some thought behind it because uh, of course like we always get a ton of submissions that's like you know one two sentences of like hey i have this new super chill lo-fi album like do you want to put it out or do you want to put it on your playlist and you're like you know i i do open those every once in a while but there's just so many and there's like you know when if i open those then i have to do all the work to like go and like okay i'm gonna look this person up and like do they have a bio on their on their profile and like is can i find out anything about them and oftentimes no you can't really <laughs> and so i think that is like the number one thing i would say to any artist is just you know 
don't don't make it too like hard for us to get to know you and like what you're about and like what your music is about and uh you know even if like maybe you don't have like a story about some piece of music that you made like maybe just like come up with one <laughs> <laughs> to your point about the bio i also i usually I try to check as much as possible and it kind of rubs me like when there is like, I make chill music. It's like, cool, man. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but there are some big names. I don't know if it's because they're, I cannot remember who was it. For sure, you like one of the big names in the scene. Then the bio was one sentence. I'm like, yeah, I know a lot about this person for from social media or I don't know, whatever. And then, then it's kind of okay. But when you're just starting out or still small, man, put like five sentences. That, as you said, it, you can come up with something. It doesn't have to be super real. Yeah, I mean, and, and even, I don't know, it can be like a joke or like anything. I, I think the point really is just like, um, you know, someone sending in a demo, like you're trying to catch the attention mm -hmm. of, of a label or anybody right and uh i i honestly take the same approach to when i'm writing like an editorial pitch like i just write something that's like sometimes it's like not like my descriptions are like so out there but i'm like maybe the editor will find this like really like hilarious and like interesting and it'll just like be like hmm, yeah i do want to listen to this um do, do you pitch most of the of your release like how is it for you for 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 us it's we try to pitch pretty much everything but sometimes the artists also want to do themselves or are you yeah it's the same for us okay how how big is your team actually like how many people um, besides you are we are two people right <laughs> myself and um uh steph she's also here in calgary and uh she's kind of the the back-end label manager um she does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff but she's also like you know she'll email with the artists and like provide them like the little assets to like um, promote on socials and mm -hmm. you know um but uh yeah I i'm doing all the kind of the music a and r stuff mm -hmm. and the design you work uh, with yeah freelancers or yeah, I mean, like we work with a bunch of different, you know, visual artists um, and, you know, sometimes like they'll provide art and then I'll like finish up the design for like a vinyl jacket or sometimes the artist will do the whole thing. And actually Steph herself is a visual artist, you know, prior to coming over to Inner Ocean, she was the director of an art gallery. So mm -hmm. she's pretty well versed in that. And she's actually been doing a lot of um, artwork and even some animations for us, um, which has been really fun to just like have that also in-house. Um, like a uh, good example is that Lo-Fi Juice album that we did mm -hmm. uh, where every artist had their own juice box yeah. character. Um, yeah, she did all those. Yeah, that's pretty and, cool. And uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's nice to be able to do some stuff in-house when when the uh the moment suits it do you um are you looking to expand eventually like let's say if we talk back in five years do you think the growth of the team in terms of headcount is important or it's more like smaller team faster decision making less mistakes kind of like what is your yeah. mantra for this stuff yeah i go back and forth on that um you know sometimes i'm like man it'd be cool to like you know we could build this thing out and you could build different departments and people heading different things but then also too like i kind of i kind of really love the setup that we have mm -hmm. and i think that we're still able to do quite a lot just as two people yeah, I mean, you know, our um, our mission from the beginning has never, you know, we're not really trying to be the biggest 
biggest and baddest label out there. We're just, you know, trying to be like a kind of a cool boutique house that we can do some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. We can help out artists and, you know, help them, you know, help them as much as we can to get them to where they want to be. And, you know, oftentimes that even means that our label is really just like a stepping stone to something else for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great, too, because, you know, over the years, I just know that there's there's always lots of eyes uh, and ears watching what we're doing. And, um, you know, artists will get like scooped up, uh, you know, from a project that we might have done like now or even before. And then they end up getting some really cool opportunities for the future, which mm-hmm. which is always awesome. So you I'm, don't, I'm sort of just like, oh, go ahead. You don't have like, um, like ex- artists which are working with you exclusively. It's more like project based no. kind of. Yeah, we do project based. Um, just because I, I don't know, I just never really believed in this like, you know, sign a deal where an artist mm-hmm. has to work with us only, um, because I especially nowadays i just don't i mean at least for like what we're doing and where we're at i just don't think that that necessarily um is like even the best move for the artists i think that there's a lot of value in trying to you know strategically pick a few different labels Mm -hmm. and even do some self-releases when it is a good idea you know um i i think getting some variety, especially if like, you know, like we have a big audience in one region and then, you know, maybe there's some like European labels or like some like Japanese labels or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can like gain audience in different places just by releasing music with different people. Uh, You know, I would always promote that and tell artists to do that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, same for us. We we do have a few artists, which, I don't use the word management per se, but it's the closest I can think of to a management because it's also like guidance on the branding, social media, advice on even deals with other labels, actually. But mm. even in those cases, it's not exclusive per se. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think most of the actually instrumental hip hop labels don't have artists locked. But on the other hand, something is me slightly changing because if you work with someone on a more long term, it's easier to build a story. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've seen like we work with some artists, then they go release with other labels and the f- setup and visuals and everything is so different. And then we release again and it's kind of hard to pick where you left from the previous one. So I, yeah. I don't know, like I'm debating if if like a mixed setup and like having let's say more like fixed roster artists and then people come and go from projects maybe that's something that also might work but yeah i think we're yet to see i think for sure for sure you can do a model where you know an artist can stick with one label for you know a year two years three years sometime whatever that is um if you've got kind of the proper you know like you're both like kind of in it to win it Mm -hmm. and you've got a plan and yeah for sure you've you've got the budget and it makes sense um i because i agree with you i i love when there's just like kind of a natural continuity with an artist's music and image and the whole thing um we try to do that as much as we can um just just naturally but uh you know right now we're just we're putting out so much that you know even if an artist like wants to only release with us as a label you know it's i i still tell them to do even some self-releases because like we you know we can't really put out like you know even like one release a month for Mm -hmm. an artist Mm -hmm it's it's a bit too much for us just because we need to fill in space for so many other artists so yeah i think just the way our current setup is it's we're sort of uh 
And I think for, for us, it really comes from a place of like, I'm trying to make space for as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really want it to be like, okay, we've got this like 12, 15 artist core group and that's it. And we're not going to release anyone else. Like I just yeah. I want it to be, I want it to be open because I think for us, that's the most interesting to get lots of different cool music and you know we can uh offer up our best to lots of different people um of you know from all different places and so yeah i i think i just really value variety and uh lots of different things so that's kind of this is how we've sort of landed on this setup mm-hmm. who who are the artists that you've released the most with like someone that you've released, I don't know, five times or ten times. Like, do you have a names on top of your head? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, like Kazumi Kaneda, he's an artist from Tokyo that we've been uh, doing stuff with since, I think, like 2016. Um, mm-hmm. He puts out most of his stuff with us i've i know he's done a couple like singles or like compilations or stuff over the time over the last couple years but for the most part he's been doing stuff with us um you know one of my buddies like dominic pierce um we've uh, been putting out most of his music for the last uh long time and um yeah uh you know we've been working with guys like arbor for a long time uh, yeah sure since isn't, isn't he from canada uh no he's from seattle okay well um, yeah close to canada <laughs> yeah and uh but yeah i think we worked on something with him back in like 2015 um, he was just on so, uh, on the spotify singles right yeah which is <laughs> which is super cool to see like you know like yeah. um I love seeing guys like Hans, like, you know, he's been working so hard for so long, putting in the hours and, um, you know, paying off. And, uh, I really, you know, sometimes I just think like, it's sort of like inevitable to like hit these like levels of success. If you just like keep doing it, doing it. Yeah. You know, you, you're just, you're putting in the time and, um, obviously like the talent there is like innate but then you know you just keep persevering and i think kind of good things will just like kind of come your way it takes time um you know certainly for us there's been no like crazy wild overnight successes everything has just been like a slow build over years um and i'm kind of okay with that Mm. that sort of like suits me just fine funny funny that you say, because that's how things are happening for us as well. Like nine years as a block, three years as a label. And it's not like, boom, we popped up out of nowhere. And then this thing happened and you're like successful. But I was, I was listening to, I don't know if you listen to podcasts, but there is a, the latest, uh, was it broken record podcast. I don't, do you know this one mm-hmm. with Malcolm, Malcolm? Okay. It's a, it's a podcast with Malcolm Gladwell. And um, no. yeah, and then and Rick Rubin as well, and and a bunch of other hosts. Anyway, oh, okay. the last episode is with Questlove, uh, and I highly recommend you. And what he said it was funny, man. I literally just listened to it yesterday, oh. and I was listening to this part. And I was like, I wonder if I'm ever gonna quote this podcast because this feels like a very cool thing to say, and now I'm gonna quote it. So he's talking about his manager who passed away a few years ago. And then he's talking about the early nineties where they did the roots and all this stuff. And he was talking to, to his manager before he passed away. And then mm-hmm. Questlove says back in the nineties, Fugees were super big and they they kind of were competitors in terms of sound and like live hip hop band. And then basically Fugees kind of kicked their ass in terms of performances and audience and stuff like that but then Questlove goes on and says I was talking to a manager and he mm-hmm. told us I didn't design you guys to be an overnight success I didn't design you to be the big winners 
but I designed you not to lose and to keep going. And what he says is like, because like I know the roots for about 15 years now and it's still kind of mm -hmm. late in their career, but they're still there, still going, still growing, while a lot of all these big bands kind of had this big bank and then kind of nothing happened. So this really st stuck my mind what the, his manager, I forgot his name said, like, I designed you not to lose and to keep going, you know? So this really, really stuck my, in my head, man. And I think that's why I, I like, I really, yeah. I'm very fond of what you're doing. You yeah. know it from our previous conversations. We don't talk very often, but I have admirations for people who have been around for some time and keep doing it. So, and so th that's why I was very happy that we get to, to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I kind of love that. And I think that is very much the same place that I kind of come from with what I'm doing and all the conversations I have with artists mm -hmm. and other labels is, you know, really trying to build something that's sustainable. And, um, you know, I'm not necessarily focused on like the biggest fame and all the these sorts of things but i just want to be like no like to me like the measure of success mm -hmm. is you know you're just able to do the things that you want to do and if if it's like you know making music or like us like running a label like you know i can continue doing this for the foreseeable future and i've set it up in a way that it's gonna just like <laughs> keep going and you know we're not at risk of like going bust like anytime soon um you know that really is the important thing to me because you know that really should just be what it's about you know just i you know i always think like as a creator or a creative person you just have this like built-in thing to you you just have to keep creating like you just like have no choice and uh you just got to set it up so that you can just like keep doing it basically for as long as you want to do it and one day you know maybe we all decide to do something else and that's cool too um but yeah you know mm -hmm. i i think i i'm always like thinking about things long term uh you know if i look back 10 years from now <laughs> Like, am I going to be like stoked on all the things that we did or am I going to wish that we had done things differently? And, you know, so I think about those things as I go forward, because I'm always like, no, nah, I want to be like proud and, and happy about the things that I did and the people I worked with. And um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think I had a thought to loop back to your earlier question about people sending in demos his uh you know i'm always really drawn to like work with artists who are just like like good people like just like cool good people you know like um and i think you know if you can somehow like show like sort of a genuineness mm -hmm. to yourself uh you know through an email or a dm or whatever you know and some people are really good at doing that and it comes across like instantly I can read something. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, this person just seems like really cool. Like I want to like get to know this person. I want to get to know their music more. Mm -hmm. And you know, those are the things that really like stand out to you. Do you, do you have like, and it's totally fine if, if we don't like, we don't, I'm just trying to get also like the hard questions. Like were, were there some low moments in running a label? <laughs> Like, did, did you, did you feel you want to stop doing it? Did you get tired? Was there some cases and you don't have to go in details, but were there cases where you felt like, fuck this? <laughs> uh, you know, in all honesty, like the, probably at least like once a year, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Um, you know, I think I've hit burnout like a few times, like true burnout where you're just like, you're just like depressed and you can't, you can't do anything. You just like can't work anymore. Um, and, and I kind of can recognize that when I start getting to those moments where I'm like feeling so overwhelmed, so stressed out, anxious about stuff that 
usually that's a sign that I've been like working too much and that I need to like take a step back. Um, you know, lately I've been really like recognizing the value of like vacation and time off. Um, <laughs> it's hard when you work for yourself. It's super hard. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I think too, you know, we're a small team and, you know, there was some periods where I was doing everything myself, mm -hmm. where I was just a team of one. And, you know, I've been like pretty single-mindedly obsessed with this label for a long time. And, um, I, I think that's how I've managed to do a lot as mm -hmm. one person, but I also recognize now that there, there are some like things that I sacrificed eh, some like personal health things for myself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now I, I have a much better, I think work life balance. I'm not doing the like 80 hours, 60 hours a week. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of just, I'm, I'm putting in my time and doing the things, but like, for example, like the weekends, like I used to just work like seven days a week, you know, people message me and I'd message them back and like, but now I'm pretty like, okay, I'm not going to really reply to people on the weekend. I'm going to like take a couple days to just do things for myself. Part of it is it's hard, right? When you know, you end up talking with people who are all over the world in all these different time zones. Oof, like yeah, man. some, sometimes people just only reply to you at certain times. So you have to like message them back at night or early in the morning or whatever. But yeah, just trying to find that, that balance. Um, but I think too, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier is, you know, making sure that the people that we work with on the label, you know, music artists, visual mm -hmm. artists, whoever, that everybody is just like a good, solid human because, um, you know, I, I've kind of designated this like no asshole policy. <laughs> like, you know, even if someone's music is like the best thing you've ever heard yeah, and they've got matter. tons of followers or whatever, but like, if they're just like, if they make your life miserable working with them, um, it's, uh, it's really just not worth it. And, you know, thankfully, like we've really not had very much of that. You know, there's been a few instances of, you know, some tensions getting high for this thing or that. But mm -hmm. um, I think we've been really lucky and fortunate that, you know, we've, uh, we've, been able to work with so many really good people and uh i don't know i mean i i kind of put that intention out there so you know maybe I, maybe i'm attracting <laughs> the the things but like um yeah i think so yeah the low moments man are just really like going too hard burning out you want to quit it all. But then when you like take some time away, you you're like, no, I actually don't want to quit at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was just really, really tired, really stressed out, putting too much pressure on myself and all those things. I think so many people in the industry are going through this stuff. Like I can vouch yeah. for this from like, for, for me, sp sports is saving me because I also sometimes like we are a bigger team and I'm like, I know sometimes I'm a bit grumpy because of <laughs> this and that and then i go out do sports or walk or something and then i'm like okay i'm grumpy because there is this pressure of doing this and this and like if you take a breath i'm like okay it's not it's not so yeah. bad can be done in two hours or tomorrow uh, yeah but it's important man otherwise in the long run you're gonna just yeah you're gonna fail if you don't take a step back and rest yeah and and i think to like really going out and like getting outside doing some like physical movement um you know me and my wife really try to like get out and like do different activities outside because otherwise you know you end up just like sitting in your room on a computer all day and night and it just like you know takes its toll on uh on your body after a while is, is your wife involved with the with the label in any way or um not officially but she always hears me talking about it <laughs> and we're talking about stuff so she's like 
She's like an advisor, I mm-hmm. guess. <laughs> she she keeps me straight sometimes. I'm going to do this and I'm going to... And then she'll be like, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Awesome. Uh, right? Not officially, but, but, but pretty much. Because, you know, we've been together since I started this label pretty much. So she's seen okay, the Okay, she has seen the whole thing. Rise of it. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's it's cool that the the people in your life are understanding and supportive and sometimes can be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? I have the same with my girlfriend. Yeah. Sometimes she's like, hey, chill. Don't worry, it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it, she's been like good too in those moments where like I'm working too much and just like spending way too much time on this and like you know not enough time like going to do some like family stuff um which which we need like if i was just a single guy and like all i was doing was just like (laughs) just working 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 oh man i i would have i don't know I might not have been this far along. I might have like already been burnt out and done. Yeah, probably. But. Like same, same for me, man. Man, I I feel like I think that's gonna be the first of a few episodes we can record because I have at least twenty other questions <laughs> I can ask you, maybe more. <laughs> but I try to keep the episodes around the hour, just because I don't. I think people yeah. will space out. But definitely, we should. I think it would be super cool to do an episode. Was it with you? Did did you and I talk about this idea of getting like a round of label? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can do something like this in the po- in an episode format with a few other people. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Because we've been super cool to talk about a bit more like technical the technical part of the industry and and running a label and distribution and and publishing and sync and all this stuff. But to to mm-hmm. wrap this up, I want to ask you: What are the upcoming projects on inner ocean that you're excited like what is coming from the from the physical from the streaming side of things like in the next months or in the summer yeah we're um we're we're talking with some guys about uh building out some nft collectibles Mm -hmm. and you know i've been kind of on the sidelines kind of watching and trying to learn and see what I like and what I don't like in the NFT space. Um, and I think we're getting pretty close to some ideas that I think will be really cool that will make sense for mm-hmm. our label. And mm-hmm. I think add a lot of value for the artists and the fans. Um, so yeah, we got some stuff for that, that we're working on. Um, we're working on like a jazz compilation mm-hmm. uh, where I'm, I'm wanting to like w- lean really heavy into the jazz side and um you know we've got some really cool musicians on on this project so far uh, but you know it, it takes a bit more time than mm-hmm. putting together a uh, beats compilation because you know jazz artists like they don't always just have they're not always just like sitting on like you know a hundred beats and like they can't just like send you stuff some of them do but uh, a lot of uh, the guys that we've been talking to um, you know, they want to like record something for it. So we've been, you know, it just takes more time for them to do all that. Um, that probably won't be out till next year, realistically, but pretty excited about that. Cause I think it'll be something new and, and fresh for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got some really cool albums, I think, um, scheduled for, um, you know, in the months ahead and, and in the fall time that uh, some of them have been in a long time in the works. Um, yeah, I, I think like music-wise, like some of the stuff we have coming up is a little, you know, it's a little different than what we've been doing. You know, everything is like a little bit of an evolution. Um, trying to do more records, it was really like tough in the past year and a half, like the pressing time oh, yeah, was so long. Wh- do you use like crates or something similar as a service or you press your own, like you have your own deal with factories? Yeah, we're, we're pressing our own through a company called Mobi Neko, um, out of Taiwan. Mm-hmm. 
and um, we we used crates in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's um, what we're using nowadays. Yeah, and and they do they do a, a good job. They're just a little bit you know it takes a lot of time, uh, especially if you do like crowdfund a record or something. Oh it takes yeah, a lot of time. Um, so I, you know, back in normal times. Moby Neko was able to do a run of records in like six to eight weeks. Oh, and wow. So, you know, we could, we could print records and have them ready for release date, um, which is what I want, always want to do. I don't, I don't like love doing pre-orders and, um, you know, they've, uh, they actually just, um, started a new service where they do express pressings of up to a hundred copies. So if you're doing like a really small run, they'll still do like a six week turnaround time. You mean um, which that's is cool. from like six weeks from sending the, the master files and the visuals to the vinyl be ready. Yep. Wow. They'll like send it to you in six weeks. Is it affordable? Do you pay extra for that? It's, it's super affordable. Like it's cheaper than crates and diggers factory. And, um, they're a really good company. I think that they do a good job. Um, even like, uh, the quality of the vinyl to me is like way better than other pressing plants. Like, um, we, you know, I always just order regular weight records, but the records themselves, like if you put them on a scale, they'll, they'll weigh at 180 grams. So they are like really nice heavyweight. Um, and the jackets are nice. Um, So, yeah, Um, but their their times are speeding up again. Um, We're slowly getting back to normal times, so we're not having to like it it just really like frustrating when you've got to like, you know, plan an album like six months out just because the vinyl takes so long to make. Um, I realize now that I was spoiled before when (laughs) we only needed to submit something like eight weeks before, but um moby neko i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna check them out we might try them with, yeah. with a few projects because yeah the delay our first vinyl got we did it last june july and then we we got it in april so nine months man yeah that was, yeah and yeah. since then we've done six and the last one which we're doing now it should be ready in january next year and the album is yeah. out now so it's kind of not ideal still yeah. better than no nothing but still i mean i guess it's kind of cool because then like when people buy the record then they'll like forget about it and then <laughs> by the time it shows up they're gonna be like oh yeah and then it's kind of like they're gonna come back to the record however many months you'll get like a bit more of like a boost people be like oh yeah um i guess that's that's a positive if yeah. you're looking for positives but yeah it's nice when uh when you can just have them but yeah definitely trying to uh trying to do do some more vinyl Mm because we didn't have too many come out last year Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah our our inventory is running running low (laughs) (laughs) which is good (laughs) it's good but uh i don't know i i like to have things in stock and you know have some variety for people to to buy a bunch of different things whoever is listening innerocean that's your shop right and then yep. inst i follow you guys on instagram your account's pretty cool inner ocean and on spotify apple do you curate do you have your playlist on apple music as well i do have some of the playlists on apple music but you know i i don't end up updating the apple ones mm. or all the other ones as much as i do the <laughs> spotify one <laughs> Um, so thank you for the reminder to go update that now that everyone's listening <laughs> to this. Um, but yeah, we have playlists on, uh, I've put them on, um, like Amazon and Tidal and Deezer, mm-hmm. um, Apple. And I think we even have some on like YouTube and stuff. Yep. But yeah, you can, you know, Google inner ocean records and all of our goodies. The cool come stuff up. will pop up. <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool man thanks for thanks for taking the time let's definitely 
circle back to that round idea, I think we can definitely get at least two more people actually in this kind of round and yeah. just record a discussion. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. It would be cool to, um, if we can do the, uh, if we're going to get a couple of people, even to like record the video and you could do it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Where you could do it where like you could have um, like a live chat. So the people who are like tuning in and watching could like come in with like questions and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, that'd be kind of, kind of fun. Okay. As soon, like, as soon as I finish editing this podcast, we'll get to that and see <laughs> who, who we can get on here. Corey, it was such yeah. a pleasure, man. It's half yeah, past midnight you. here. Uh, but I'm very happy we had this conversation. And, uh, yeah, uh, we we'll, you and I will keep in touch, anyways. But yeah, thank you so much for for taking the time. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, man. I appreciate it. Cheers.